The Athletic Podcast Network is supported by Quip Electric Toothbrush, the Tesla of toothbrushes. Most people's oral care habits could be better. We often brush for less than two minutes and use old, worn-out bristles. Quip makes having a fresh, healthy mouth easy and convenient. Their electric toothbrush pulses every 30 seconds, so you clean your mouth evenly, and they deliver brush head refills every three months, like Dennis recommend. Get your first refill free at getquip.com slash listen. That's getquip.com slash listen. everybody welcome back to another episode of the teardown my name is jeff luck along with jordan bianchi at least virtually jordan's back home i miss jordan already we were in daytona for so long together and now i'm i'm out in vegas all alone but uh we we uh, watched the race still today and uh now we're going to break it all down for you as we do every week after the race right here on the athletic podcast network that's a pretty fancy name but uh jordan how are you doing i miss you it feels like daytona was months ago not last week but uh i'm excited i thought we had a good race today and i'm curious your thoughts on what transpired yeah um well we definitely have um a lot to talk about it wasn't like uh, a boring race i i would say so I think that's that's a good start. There's been some boring Vegas races in the past. I didn't think this was one of them. Um, so yeah, let's let's just try to sort through things because just to set the scene for you here, um, they've just finished the first race here. The Xfinity race hasn't even taken place yet. Joey Logano hasn't even come in the media center yet. Um, so I've just come back from pit road for the interviews there. I haven't even really gotten to sort through everything that happened uh, at the end there, but. We know that Joey Logano is the winner, um, and it seems like a pit call set that up. Uh, you know, Joey Logano is one of the cars that stayed out. It, it, the race looked like it was going to come down to Ryan Blaney and Alex Bowman. Bowman was coming so quickly, and there was only a few laps left, and it looked like, oh, is he going to get there? Is he going to challenge Blaney, or is Blaney going to win in this great story, you know, after he was involved in that Daytona wreck? Next thing you know, caution comes out. They call both those guys down to pit road. Logano stays out. Apparently, he may have been by accident. I don't know what he said on TV. He may have missed the call to come down, so he accidentally stays out, ends up winning the race because of it. Um, I guess starting with the pit call, Jordan, what did you think of that whole strategy decision there? I liked it for Logano's perspective. I thought Ryan Blaney, the race leader, was in a position where you're kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you pit... Other guys are not going to pit, and that's what happened. There were seven guys that stayed out. If you stay out, most of the guys behind you are going to pit for tires, and you're kind of a sitting duck on the restart. That's a tough spot when you get a caution like that on a track like this. It's a no-win spot, and for Blaney, that's two races in a row now. Looking at the Daytona 500, it, you know he easily could have won either one of those, and said he doesn't hasn't won either one of them. That's a tough pill to swallow. I thought the call to stay out by Logano's crew, which may or may not have been accidental, it, there's a little bit of confusion there. It, it sounds like there was a little bit of mix-up, but you know, not entirely sure. Be interested to see what Logano says. But I think it all came down to that restart. If Logano, because there were so many cars between him and Brad Keselowski, who had the freshest tires, restarting eighth, if Logano could get away, 
he was going to win that race. And he got an excellent restart, put a little distance between himself, and he did what he needed to do. And the Penske cars are really strong in Las Vegas. They went 1-2 in this race a year ago. They basically went 1-2 today. Um, I, I think this is a good showing for Ford early in the season. Well, I, I disagree with you that it was a no-win situation in, this, in the sense that if you if you go back and think about it, um, there was a couple, you know, the, the weird, uh, the way the caution fell with Chase Elliott um, to set up only a couple cars on the lead lap. And um, when you had those guys uh, out there, I think that like Nemechek um, with their track position and Stenhouse, you know, yes, they had, you know, the, the tires even out, they got new tires, so it's not the same thing, but arguably Nemechek is a slower car, right? This is what I would say. And he was able to stay up there longer than anticipated. So I think that um, the air at least and being in that track position is something that would be favorable to somebody late in a race. Um, Austin Dillon said, you know, earlier that uh, after the race, he he had a good finish because he stayed out and he was shocked that more people didn't stay out and that as many people pitted as they did. And he was basically like, thank you for all the, all the positions you just gave me. Um, so, and I think, you know, it, 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 you don't know what would happen if the last lap played out. Maybe those guys would have faded more, but like, you know, Bubba Wallace, people like that. Um, those guys all, all took advantage of that. I, I question the, uh, the pit call there. Um, I was, went down and talked to Alex Bowman and Greg Ives walks to him and he's like, walks up to him. He's like, sorry, dude. So, I mean, they, they, they know they messed up, but it's yeah, interesting. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, well, I was just going to say it is interesting though, um, because we're not going to be able to look, really look at the results from this race and say, here's who is good. Here's who is bad. You know, it's more like who was running well throughout the race because the results and the, the running order ended up getting so mixed up at the end. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, look at the top 10. I mean, look at the guys in the top 10. I mean, you had, you know, Bubba Wallace, Ty Dillon, Austin Dillon. Um, I'm leaving a couple guys out, so apologies, but it wasn't the guys that you typically see up in the top 10 and guys who had really strong days and were contenders all day. Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, who had a tire issue, Martin Truex Jr. who had a tire issue. They finished, you know, outside of the top 10. So like you said, you can't just look at this and say, this is the takeaway because these guys finished well. Yeah, I think, but we, so let's just talk about what we know, right? I think that it's fair to say that Chevrolet looks improved with the new nose. The Hendrick cars um, were strong. Um, you know, obviously they, they didn't all finish well, good. but yeah, yeah. I, I really think that was, Jimmy Johnson was saying, you know, hey, I remember last year, this race, we left here going, oh boy, you know, we're, we're in trouble. So to, to, for them to leave here now saying, hey, we, we think we've got something. And Bowman, you know, really had a shot to win that. Chase Elliott could have won that race. Byron was up there for a while. Um, I think, you know, that that's really something. And on, on the other hand, I don't think we know this for sure yet, but the Toyotas seem to have some work to do. Um, you know, and maybe it's too early to jump to that conclusion after one race, but Truex was, you know, decent until he had his problems. He was, he was up there, but everybody else, I mean, where were they? Yeah. I, I, here's what I, my thoughts on the Chevrolet is, there was races last year. They were good at, and it looked like they were kind of on their way back, and you thought, okay, the resurgence is going to start now. Particularly, I remember Chicago last year. Alex Bowman wins that race. All The other three Hendrick cars all finished well. They all ran well. And I wrote about this, and I and I was kind of, I was I got suckered into it, and it, it seemed like there was really a lot of momentum. They figured everything out. I need to see more out of Chevrolet 
these next two weeks at, at Phoenix, at Auto Club Speedway, even when you go to Atlanta and Texas before I'm ready to say that, you know, Hendrick Motorsports and Chevrolet is back and the new nose is, is this is it. This is the fix. This is the cure-all. I just, one race to me is not going to be enough. I mean, if you go back to the last fall at Las Vegas, the Chevrolets were strong. Um, they finished well. They ran well. I just, I'm going to need to see more before I'm ready to make that that leap and say, you know, these guys are, they, they figure this out. This new nose is going to be everything. We'll see. The thing about the Toyotas, that is a little worrisome. Um, the only thing I can say is Martin Truex Jr. had a really fast car and was running in the top three spots for a good chunk of the first half of the race before he had a flat tire and hit the wall. That doesn't happen. I think he has a good finish, and, and it's a different outlook. Kyle Busch looked like he had a fast race car, just never had track position. If you would have put him up at the front in clean air, I think he you know, would have been a, a factor in this. Um, Denny Hamlin, that to me is the big surprise. Is Denny Hamlin was nowhere to be found in this race. They had no speed in that car. Um, curious to see, you know, Daniel Suarez in the start of the race was, was you know, basically stopped on the racetrack. And the in-car camera on Hamlin, it looked like the 11 got into the 96 a little bit. I'm wondering if there was a little bit of damage there on Hamlin's car. And this is just me, you know, away from the track saying this. Um, because he just, that team looked off. They didn't look like they had speed in their car. They could just never get it going. So that that's my takeaways. I'm not ready to sound the alarm yet on the Toyotas, but I think there is some reason for concern after seeing what we saw today. I think those are all fair points. And then meanwhile, the Fords, I think, yeah, you know, we, they kind of hold serve, right? Because mm-hmm. Penske cars have already been good here. I mean, Harvick was his typical self um, being, you know, a contender. So but I think that's what we probably would have expected. So I don't really know that you can say one way or the other, like, Oh, they're better or worse. I think they were, they kind of did what people expected. I think, and you know, if the Toyotas hadn't been as good last year, the Fords would have had obviously a lot more success. Um, you know, they, they were top 10 cars a lot of the time, at least the Penske cars and Harvick. So, I mean, that's again, what they did today. It's just that the, the Toyotas weren't really there to stop them from taking top five spots, essentially. Um, so I don't know. I, we'll need more time on that. But, um, you know, obviously, if you're driving for Penske right now, you probably feel pretty good, including Matt Benedetto, who comes home second. Mm-hmm. Um, Blaney, obviously, you know, he's goes away with the disappointment. But like you said, he could have won the first two races. Kozlowski, I thought, was sort of the fourth best for a while there. He really faded um, on one of those early runs, and he was able to rally back. So I feel like, you know, you're, you're, probably, you're probably feeling – pretty good right now if you drive for Penske I think you feel really good right now if you feel drive for Penske and I think going you know thinking about your Chevrolet point a little bit more I think it's encouraging if you're them leaving you know leaving Las Vegas heading to Fontana you don't want to leave Vegas having a bad race and going oh more oh no oh we're going to do this again it's going to be another long season but you you have confidence now you feel good and it gives you a little bit of energy and a boost into a racetrack where you know, you theoretically, if they can do well at, it's going to kind of set the tone for the rest of the year. So, it, it's interesting. I, I don't. It, it's kind of like you said. I think everything is just kind of hold serve. It's like the things we knew, we kind of still know, and the things we don't know about, we're still trying to figure out a little bit. When you know, I don't think there's any Toyotas in the top ten, right? I'm pretty sure. I, I'm not looking at a rundown here, but I don't think anybody, any Toyotas finished in the top ten. Correct. That is correct. Hamlin didn't, Jones didn't, Suarez didn't, Bell didn't, and I don't Kyle. think Kyle Busch did either. No, I don't think so. So I wonder when the last time, I don't this has probably already hit Twitter, but um, I'd be curious to know when the last time uh, Toyota did not finish in the top 10 in a race. I mean, 
especially in a mile and a half track, considering how dominant they've been, that's that's very surprising to me to not have any top tens at all. And obviously, Truex could have been there, but uh, I don't know. There's just some something to watch, something to keep an eye on. Um, another thing we were watching today, obviously, was Ross Chastain and how he was going to do in the number six car. And I think he had a respectable run going there for a while. And then um, he was, boy, I'll tell you what, after the race, um, got to talk to him a little bit, really down on himself, uh, mm. thought he made too many mistakes, um, lost positions on restarts way too many times, started overdriving the car, you know, spun out late. He just said it was unacceptable and he was really beating himself up for a lost opportunity there. Um, but I think though that, you know, for a while, at least in stage one, um, fairly respectable debut, if he cleans up his mistakes, I mean, I think, I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the car. Cause it looks like Newman is a uh, raring to go. It's, it sounds like, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it, I, I don't know. How would you evaluate Ross's debut? I'm kind of mixed. I think that you can see why Roush Fenway went and wanted to put him in that car and he was their number one choice. The speed is there. The ability is there. Ross, you know, Ross's thing is he can sometimes be over aggressive. We saw that in the Daytona 500. He had a great car that day um, and he made a very bodacious pass of Ryan, uh, Ryan Priest going to turn one that he probably would have been best served just to wait. And Priest, you know, kind of drove him down on the apron a little bit and Ross ends up crashing. It, it, that's the kind of move that you can just, you know, a little bit patience, a little bit kind of picking and choosing your spots better. And today I think it's kind of the same thing a little bit is, you know, this is new territory for Ross. I know he's got a lot of cup starts underneath his belt, but he's not restarting with guys that he's, you know, he's not re- restarting with the upper echelon guys. These aren't guys you know that are, the, these are the guys who know how to play the games and the restarts are the best of the best. And there was a couple times it looked like he kind of got caught a little bit. And on the restart there with Kurt Busch, he and Kurt got together and, you know, sent Ross to pit road with a flat tire. And it's just kind of snowballed from there. But I think it's encouraging. They look like they had speed. Uh, they were fast in practice. They finished 10th in stage one. They finished top 15 in stage two. I think, like you said, if Ross can learn from this and just say, you know what? I need to be a little bit smarter. I need to pick my spots better and not make so many mistakes. I think they'll be better served. And I think this is an encouraging sign for an audition, which could lead to b- bigger things down the road. Well, and, uh, you know, I, I can't let this go um, unmentioned, of course. we You know, we've made it uh, almost 15 minutes into this podcast, and here we are so thankfully fortunate that, you know, our our, our last podcast, we, we didn't know what was going on with Ryan Newman. I mean, we knew um, that, you know, he was in serious condition and all that stuff we, we didn't know. And obviously, as everybody is well aware, um, turns out he was able to walk out of the hospital on Wednesday and... and this, this entire race and this entire season could have had such a black cloud hanging over it um, had things mm-hmm. turned out differently. And everybody's so um, just relieved and just, I mean, it's just it's just amazing to think about where we were uh, on our last podcast, how we left off and, and how the, the, the feeling of dread we had and all that stuff. And um, what a what a, a great thing to be even be talking about him possibly coming back and um, Roush Fenway held a news conference this morning where they, they read a statement from him and, um, you know, they said, uh, Steve Newmark, the Roush Fenway racing president said, look, I mean, I've talked to Ryan and his goal is still to win the 2020 championship, which means he's going to try to get a waiver and get back and, you know, get high enough in points and win a race and make the playoffs. So, um, it's pretty exciting that, you know, he may come back sometime soon. Obviously he's got a header and injury to deal with, but, um, 
you know, hopefully it's not months. It's, it's a matter of weeks or something like that. So that's, that's great news. And, uh, man, it's just, uh, everybody, everybody you talk to is just so relieved and, and just amazed about that whole turn of events, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, we go back to Monday night and you and I were talking and it just felt there was just a different tone, a different vibe, just a different everything about what had transpired. It felt, it felt grave. I mean, let's just be honest. It felt like this was really bad. Ryan was either seriously hurt, maybe worse. And then to see him walk out of the hospital Wednesday and then to hear today that he's got no broken bones, no eternal, you know, internal injuries, um, he's got a head injury, obviously, but it, it certainly sounds encouraging that he wants to be back in the race car and he thinks he's going to be back in the race car and he's communicating with the team and, and offering feedback and stuff. So it's just, it's crazy how everything has turned and it's just a testament to a lot of different things, uh, primarily the safety equipment that NASCAR has, has done. And we touched on that in the last podcast between the Hans device and safer barriers and the construction of the car that a driver you know, can have an, it go through a crash like Ryan did and, you know, you know, leave the hospital two days later and, and it looks like he's gonna be back in the car in relatively short order. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's hope so. Um, I think it'll be a great story when he comes back and it'd also be really interesting as we watch in the weeks going forward, whenever he's able to speak about, um, you know, what, what does he remember? What does he remember seeing and what is his, rea- his reaction to the whole safety thing? And, uh, it'll be very interesting to get his thoughts and when, when he's able to get back behind a microphone. So um, that's great news. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be interesting here, this West Coast swing, because, you know, now it's off to Fontana next, which you would think favors the the bigger teams and the stronger teams historically. Then um, and, and so that'll be a great test for Toyota there. Like if, if everybody goes to Fontana and Toyota's, you know, doesn't show up really uh, as mostly seem the case uh, at Vegas that I think you really got a talking point of, whoa, what's going on. Um, and then it's a, another test for the Chevrolets as well. Then at Phoenix, I think it's going to be really interesting because nobody's even tested that new short track package or new old short track package, I guess, essentially trying to cut the spoiler off. Nobody knows what that's going to do. So, and with that being the championship race, that's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll be talking about that obviously next week as well. So, um, yeah, some interesting stuff to, to follow here. And I think after this West coast swing, um, you know, Atlanta homestead, stuff like that, it's, it's not going to be that long before everybody has a pretty good idea of how things going. There's been times in the past where the schedule, you know, he had like a Bristol thrown in there fairly early and, you know, you kind of had to wait longer, but I feel like, um, with the amount of mile and a half tracks stacked up early this year in Fontana too, um, you know, I, I, I think we're going to get a clear picture sooner than later. I would agree with that. And I would also say it's going to be interesting to see what teams take away from this West Coast swing and apply to the race cars. You know, talking to crew chiefs before the season, they all said the same thing. Our West, car, our West Coast cars are already built. So, you know, there's anything we learn at Vegas, Montana, Phoenix, we're not going to really be able to apply to the construction of our cars until, you know, down the road. You know, Atlanta, Texas, Homestead. It's coming back from this swing and learning what, you know, taking what we learned and then applying it. That's going to be interesting. But like you said, the way the schedule stacks up, what teams learn on this swing, they're going to kind of, we're going to, they're kind of going to show their hand earlier than usual. And I think that's going to be interesting and kind of set the tone for really the first part of the season and where teams stack up and who's good and who, who has some work to do. 
Jordan, I have a question for you back to the Vegas race. Um, I, I honestly haven't seen enough of the replay or didn't see a good enough replay um, to really judge off this. So maybe uh, you were able to, to watch some more. But on the last uh, on the caution there that ended the race. So I know what um, you're going to ask. Well, yeah. I mean, did they was that the right call or did they do? I, I don't know. Surely was there enough? Did they not show enough angle or, you know, what happened? I, I don't know. And that was the first thing I thought of, too, because I think back to the Daytona 500, I was okay with them finishing the race. It didn't look like Chase Elliott really impacted anything. It looked like there was an opportunity to finish that race. Today, though, that caution came out, and I don't know why that came out. Is There was a car stopped. They didn't show it. And if that's if that, that's the case, then so be it. Then the caution deserves to come out. But I, you have two races in a row where you have a crash in the last lap and you have two different calls. I just would like some clarification of why we had two different calls. Not saying it's wrong. I just, I need to clear this up because it is confusing. Why, why one finished one way and then the other week it finished differently. So it didn't on TV. I didn't see anything that warranted a caution. It, it looked like just kind of a normal thing that you see on the last lap. And it certainly looked like the leaders could be able to get back to the finish line. So I don't know. It's a question I think that we should probably be asking NASCAR. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, John Hunter car looked fairly dinged. Um, it looked fairly damaged. Obviously, Blaney had damage. Um, I think Byron had damage. Byron so, got know, damage from a tire rub, yep. They showed them, um, you know, they showed glimpses of those cars. Um, again, maybe you guys have seen by now uh, more replays than I have. I just saw it live and in person than one time before this podcast started. But it was just interesting because it just makes me wonder whether the Daytona um, incident, whether that made them have a quicker, uh, trigger finger to pull the caution today. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe there was enough reason, but as, as we've talked about before and, and even happened in the Xfinity race, which, you know, I, I think has been a fairly consistent precedent is that if they feel like, um, it's not, you know, if they feel like they can get a finish on the last lap, they'll try to hold the caution, um, unless they need to send the emergency vehicles out, unless it's, you know, too much, you know, too much of a hit for somebody. So that's, that's all I was wondering is, um, was what, what did they see that made them that do that today? So we'll, we'll be asking those questions too. And maybe I can get something for my, my top five or something on that. Um, I will be writing my top five, of course, on the athletic. I think I was, might've been the only person to talk to Bowman and he was pretty good. So that'll be in there. Um, maybe some stuff about Chastain or De Benedetto, um, some of the stuff that we've been talking about with Toyotas and Hendrick, get some quotes on that to share with you guys. Um, yeah, uh, we, we had a big speed weeks, obviously on the athletic and we continue to try to put out some good content for you guys there. So thank you. Thank you very much all for your support and lots of new subscribers that we got during speed weeks too, Jordan. Yes, absolutely. Thank you everybody. And, um, if you're not a subscriber, we I think there's still a discount out there. Is that correct, or did that end yesterday or today? I think it was supposed to end on Friday, but I haven't tested it out. I mean, I guess we can try to give it to them anyway and yeah. see if somebody. It, it, <laughs> we we had a Daytona offer that got extended to the Friday of Vegas weekend, but I haven't I, I haven't checked. So if you want to try to see if you can still get forty percent off for the entire year, I'm pretty sure it's going to be ending soon if it's still online and if it, you can't get that discount let one of us know we'll make some things happen yeah dms but the uh the code is the athletic.com slash green flag would give you 40 percent off the annual subscription which is 2.99 a month 
Um, that, and I, I always get questions and it's a fair question. Cause people are like, wait, do you get just motorsports with that? Or is it the whole everything? Yeah, exactly. So you get everything with that. You get every sport. Um, they have pretty much every single, a writer for every single sports team, including college, soccer, everything. I mean, um, it's not just us. So it's a pretty good deal for two ninety nine. Uh, I'm biased, but I, I do think that. So No, I, I've been a subscriber before, long before they hired me, and I'm a sports fan. It's best college football coverage around, best NHL coverage around, best baseball coverage around. I don't think you're going to find a better outlet that covers a wider range of sports like The Athletic does. So, Jordan, any uh, – well, you know what? I was going to say any final thoughts, but let's talk about the good race <laughs> poll because we didn't do that last week, obviously. I didn't even ask people, was it a good race because that just seemed – that just seems so weird to just be like, hey, this guy's in the hospital. Was it a good race? Like, ugh. Just, no, no, sorry. So that race will never be pulled. goes down in history with the 2016 Daytona 500 as where where is that race? But uh, sorry, not there. Um, but anyway, how about this Vegas race? I think that um, – I think people, majority, were entertained and liked it. Um, I think that you didn't have the uh, the usual suspects up at least for part of it. Um, you had some exciting restarts. The restarts were fantastic. Watching out for the press yeah. box. Holy cow, the restarts are so good. Um, I mean, I know it gets strung out after that, but, man, the restarts, jeez. I mean, you're, I don't know how they don't wreck every time. We we ran into uh, Chase Briscoe on the way down the uh, escalator walking with about uh, 60 laps to go because he's, you know, he's obviously running the Xfinity race, so he was watching it from the roof, and he was like, man, those restarts, I can't believe it, you know? So obviously everybody's entertained by that. But anyway, overall, I think it was a pretty decent race. So a pretty entertaining one. I'm, I'm going to say um, a nice 75%. Oh, today. you took my number. Oh, no. Oh. oh, no. Rarely do I ever actually give any thought to the good race poll. I just, you know, I kind of wing it. Uh-huh. I actually thought about this as watching the race. I'm like, this is a really good race. This is this is good. I'm like, and at the end, I'm like, wow, this thing is flowing by. This is like, this is fun. I'm like, I wonder what people are thinking of this race. I'm like, what am I going to rate this? I'm like, do I go 80s? Is that too high? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go 75, but I'm going to play it smart because I think that's just high enough, but not too low. And you just stole my number. So all right, how about I'll, how about this? How about this? No, no, no. That's we okay. go over I'm, I'm, under. We're in. I'm in Vegas still. Let's go over oh, under. Okay. 75. I like this. Okay. Uh, 75 and a half. I'll take the over on that. I think it's over. You're going to say over 75. Yep. Can, uh, can I ask you this? Can I have 75 or under? No, it'll be 70. Let's do 75 and a half. A 75 and a half. So that's how you do over okay. unders. You got to always okay. get a half in there. Okay. And you, anything under 75 and a half, you win. Anything over, I'll take that. So that's how okay. we'll do it. Okay. I like this. Okay. I do. I kind of feel like your your chances are a little bit better, honestly. But I think people are going to respond to this, and I think the fact yeah. that you know, late Las Vegas is not always one of the most exciting races. I think it's been better the last few years, actually. But I think most, you know, it's not always the most exciting. I think people are tuning in, and I think they they got their money's worth today. Yep. Well, outside this window, I hear that the engines have been fired for the Xfinity race. I think Joey Logano is going to be coming in the media center soon. So um, I will say goodbye for now. But, of course, we will be back with you next week, as well as um, if you're into the podcast, the 12 Questions podcast will be with Corey LaJoy this week. It was supposed to be last week. Another thing where I didn't feel appropriate to run a laughy, jokey kind of podcast with Corey LaJoy this week. Um, anyway, that is only um, available on the Athletic app. So um, that's for subscribers only. 
Hopefully you do subscribe. I think that's a good interview with Corey LaJoy. So stay tuned for that one as well. Uh, Jordan, great to talk to you. Everybody, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time on The Teardown.